You busy? Mm-mm. Okay, let me run something past you real quick. I want to talk about a topic that we all can relate to, that we all have battled at one point or another, or are continuing currently to battle. And it's the topic of bringing up your past. And ironically, I got this because a few things has pretty much happened that I started connecting the dots to, but it really became illuminated once I was reading Luke 4. And I was like, stop, got to call you. We got to dissect this. So Luke 4, and you know I read it in the NLT version, New Living Translation, is pretty much the chapter where it talks about the temptation of Jesus where um, he was led by the Spirit into the wilderness and he was tempted by the devil for 40 days and he didn't have anything to eat and, you know, that whole back and forth thing. But I really wanted to pick up on verse 14 in Luke 4. So let me just dive into it because we got a lot to unpack. Like you can really see a side that you're like, whoa, you know what? Never saw it like that. So 14, then Jesus returned to Galilee filled with the Holy Spirit's power. Reports about him spread quickly through the whole region. 15, he taught regularly in their synagogues and was praised by everyone. 16, when he came to the village of Nazareth, his boyhood home, he went as usual to the synagogue on the Sabbath and stood up to read the scriptures. 17. The scroll of Isaiah, the prophet, was handed to him. He unrolled the scroll and found the place where this was written. 18. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, for he has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim that captives will be released, that the blind will see, that the oppressed will be set free. 19, and that the time of the Lord's favor has come. 20, he rolled up the scroll, handed it back to the attendant, and sat down. All eyes in the synagogue looked at him intently. 21, then he began to speak to them. The scripture you've just heard has been fulfilled this very day. 22, everyone spoke well of him and was amazed by the gracious words that came from his lips. How can this be? They asked. Isn't this Joseph's son? Now, time out. <laughs> Let's just go ahead and put the pause button right chair. Isn't it ironic that people will do whatever they have to do not to give you your proper accolades, your proper, you know, go ahead and give you your props. They refuse to do it because they rather remember where you came from. Can you imagine being in that very moment with Jesus? Mind you, he knows thoughts. He There was other things where people were saying stuff that he knew exactly what they were thinking. They didn't have to speak it for him to know. So could you imagine just coming out of the wilderness, okay, to begin the ministry that's going to save these people, to go ahead and get in a position where you are going to teach them and not only teach them certain things, you're going to be their lifesaver. And instead of looking at what you presently possess and what you bring to the table they are so focused on tracing back your lineage to demote you like can you imagine how frustrating that could have been the fact that they didn't acknowledge Jesus currently without acknowledging his past and I just thought about I'm like we experience that on a day-to-day -day. and I think the Bible does such a great job at 
emphasizing that what we experience, trust me, Jesus experienced it also, which meaning there's nothing new under the sun. People are going to always be people. It's just a reproduction, just mixture of different names and faces and color features and all that. But trust me, it's the same exact thing that was happening then is going to happen now. And I just despise the fact that people attempt to overcast your successes with things that can't be changed. Like they didn't bring up Jesus's profession. It wasn't like, how is this man be able to speak so articulately? Like, how was he able to produce this level of education? And he was a carpenter. You know, how does a carpenter learn to speak so eloquently? No, they didn't bring up a, a profession because professions can be changed. You can outlive a profession, right? They wanted to trace back to who his father on earth was. They wanted to trace it back to, nope, I got proof. I got receipts. You can't outlive this. You can't, you can't erase this with the magic marker. At this point, yeah, this is who you are. So this is who we're going to judge you from. Like that, that just, I would have respected them more. It blew my mind. I would have respected them more if they were like, carpenters don't speak eloquently. You know, carpenters are still on the C-spot run reading level. Where did he learn to speak with such authority and, you know, all of that? Where did he even learn this? Like, they just bypassed the fact that even at the age of 12, the Bible says that when Mary lost him and she was like, uh, where's Jesus? <laughs> and they had to go back and get him and they found him where? In the tabernacle, in the synagogue. And so when they asked him like, sir, why weren't you with me? Jesus looked up with his little, you know, fresh mouth. He would have got popped, but he's the savior. So she dealt with it differently. Okay, great. Um, he looked up and was like, you should know him, but I'm about my father's business. So they didn't even factor in the pure fact that this boy has been emerged in the word since however little, right? And that this time he has to be at least 30 because that's when he started his ministry. Why are we still not giving him the accolade and the prop that he deserves? So the lesson in that for me was just be weary of the people who try to pin you to the cross that they created for you. My goodness, what a slippery slope that is to just because people are going to judge you and accept you based on how they qualify you. And praise God that we do not get or lose certain items in, in levels in life based upon how other people judge us. Praise God for that. Because where we would be, whew, my goodness. I mean, just think about it. People people tend to qualify you. People tend to place a thumbtack on, nope, I'm going to remember you. This will be your ever since for me. Every time I relate to you, I'm going to go ahead and relate it to this. Like, for instance, my thing is Whitney Houston. Let's just bring her up real quick, okay? She, we have to just go ahead and give her the props when she was here. We already know she can sing her behind off, right? The, the woman literally sang her throat off I mean literally at this point for me maybe figuratively but I'm saying literally we already know when it comes to the Star Spangled Banner on a scale from Roseanne to Whitney Houston we already <laughs> we already know you understand but as a people and I'll go ahead and include myself because you know I'm not above being corrected we put a thumbtack on what crack is whack you know her famous saying that we made famous right 
her relationship and marriage with Bobby Brown, her her, her extreme erratic behaviors and late and weight loss. Like we put a thumbtack. Nobody says, man, you remember when Whitney sung the stadium down on that Star Spangled? Oh, say. Like you have never to this day. <laughs> Shouts out to Fergie. You know, no one has been able to reach that level. But for some reason, we rather remember the fact that she died in a bathtub, possible drug overdose, that she had a drug issue, that she was making, you know, possible. She she went on a remember that time that they had that um, reality show, her and Bobby, and we just saw a different side. And it was like, no, I wish I didn't see this side of you. I didn't watch all the episodes because I just I couldn't. But when you see the little clips and stuff, you're like, man, she was super gone. So let's just go ahead and put that in like real time. You ever had it where you, you told the friend like, oh, I met somebody. And as quickly as they can, they try to bring up, oh, they was okay with how many kids you have. Oh, they cool that you and your ex still. It's like, my goodness, dang, can we go ahead and uh look at what I presently gave to you? What I presently served? But you wanted to go all the way back there to my past real quick, huh? Oh, you met somebody? They know about your living situation? wow like are we really going to do that and then like like with jesus they could have brought up the fact that he was born in a major bring up the fact that out of everybody you know he was born among animal fecal matter okay that would have been something to have a little like hmm how'd you learn how to speak and you were born there <laughs> we, we could have brought that up right but the reason why people don't go to think those kind of places is because when you outlive something, you know, it, it no longer serves as something they can hold you to. Yeah, he was born in a major, but he doesn't live there. So when something is a temporary, that was just that one time, people tend not to remember it because they can't hold you there. Because at this point, you know, like I said, he's 30. So bringing up something that would remind him of his status would be the bigger cross. Yeah, you are Joseph's son. Yeah, I don't care where you go. You can go to the other side of the, of the world, and we will always be able to put that thumbtack on you are Joseph's son. And I just despise the fact that people seem to be in a hurry just to decrease your value based upon something you can't change. It don't matter how far you get in that company, right? You're the one that doesn't have the degrees and the letters after your name. Wow. Really? That's what y'all want to keep doing? Like, didn't you have a baby by? They're remembering who you had a baby by and you're already in a successful marriage? Are you kidding me? Like, that doesn't even... Remember that one time you got arrested? Yes, them years ago. <laughs> um, But do you see my current... Like, I've outlived that. I'm actually in a place that I have a position you know, that doesn't hold me to the criminal history and things of that nature. Didn't they fire you that one time? Y yeah, at the job that you're still at, but I grew from that. Didn't you file bankruptcy? The, remember that time that she, remember that time that he, and it's like, wow, when did people decide that they were going to have the memory of a credit report? Like you going to hold on to it for seven years also? Seven to 10 years, that's how you going to remember all my stains? Like, is that what we're doing? Didn't you get your car repoed that one? Really? It was my second car. I was going through a transition. That's not the only car in the world. That's what you want to hold me to? 
the f- the fact that I had that one time and but didn't you get evicted that didn't you get divorced that that's the equivalent to looking at somebody like but isn't that Joseph's son we have to do a better job in that that's why sometimes you truly need to step away from those closest to you because they can't see past you I was just having a conversation with one of my homeboys um, a couple of moments ago, and he just reiterated what I already knew, but sometimes you just need stuff to be, you know, refreshed them on your mind. It was everybody can't go with you. You know, as you're navigating and journeying through this thing called life, everyone cannot go with you. And it is the most truest, saddest statement that can ever be made. And the reason I would like to believe, the reason why most people can't go with you is because they can't see past you. They look at you and they see you from five to 10 years ago. That's why some parents have a really hard time with their teenagers because although they've grown in stature and in body shape and, you know, reach puberty, you still see my five-year-old, my 10-year-old. You're still a kid. And so this teenager has to go through this thing of fighting for their newfound independence and it's like, no, 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 I, I, I go to school and they give me a new level of independence and freedom. I have to walk to my classes now. I have a program. I have a schedule. I'm now the, the height of a normal adult, most of them, right? And so it's that struggle between I see you, but I see who you used to be. And when we struggle with that, that is a clear indication of, you know what, it's time to step back. And maybe in often situations, it's time to step away and step off of other people's cross that they put on you. You see where I'm going with that? Like, it's a shame that the outsiders were able to accept Jesus faster than those from his boyhood home. And that's why I got that whole thing from, matter of fact, it's just, wow, the closest people to you can't see can't see past your past. They, they, they see through you. They don't see you. Like Jesus had to push through that. I couldn't imagine off of the initial start of his ministry already feeling like, so y'all going to always trace me back to being Joseph's son? That could have been a clear deterrent, but he stuck through it. Praise God. Thanks for him. It also made me think about David in the Bible. Like he had to push through his brothers having convenient amnesia as well. So real quick, let me just show you real quick. So 1 Samuel 17, and I want to start at verse 27, right? Let's do the scroll down real quick. And in here, pretty much what happened, let me give you some some, some backdrop. So David is out with his father. You know, he's tending to his sheep, and his father was like, hey, real quick, um, Take this basket of food down to your brothers and then also see how they're doing. So literally, David's father made him the original Uber Eats, right? He's Sir DoorDash, if you will. And so he went ahead and, you know, did his little theme song music that's playing in my head when I see him walking. That's how I visualize it. But he went down there to his brothers and he saw the fact that this giant named Goliath was coming back and forth, like taunting them. And the Bible literally says in this chapter, 1 Samuel 17, that that was going on for like 40 days. Like literally Goliath was coming out like, and the boo-boo, like, and really had the Israelite army that was with Saul, had them shook. They were like, yeah, this is not. So here comes David, 
And he's like, um, what's going on? Like, who's that? And they're like, yeah, you know, he's been coming out, that guy Goliath, he's been making us, you know, threatening us and all these other things. And so they went ahead and said anybody who kills him, like, they'll give him a reward. And so they told them the details of the reward. So David was like, say no more. <laughs> like, I got it. Like, this is ridiculous. Like, I'm not going to sit here and just, matter of fact, I'm going to go reverse up. Let's go to 26. I'm going to just read it. So David asked a soldier standing nearby, what will a man get for killing this Philistine and ending his defiance of Israel? Who is this pagan Philistine anyway that he's allowed to defy the armies of the living God? You can just tell in the tone. David was like, bruh, I'm about that life. Like, I love a good gangster in the Bible, right? Okay, let's go back. 27. And these men gave David the same reply. They said, yes, that is the reward for killing him. 28. But when David's oldest brother, Eliab, heard David talking to the men, he was angry. What are you doing around here anyway, he demanded. What about those few sheep you're supposed to be taking care of? I know about your pride and deceit. You just want to see the battle. 29. What have I done now, David replied. I was only asking a question. 30. He walked over to some others and asked the same thing, and he received the same answer. 31. Then David's question was reported to King Saul, and the king sent for him. 32. Don't worry about this Philistine, David told Saul. I'll go fight him. 33. Don't be ridiculous, Saul replied. There's no way you can fight this Philistine and possibly win. You're only a boy, and he's a man of war since his youth. Now pause. Do you see the very point that I'm trying to drive home? Like, he not only had to push through his brother trying to embarrass him, where's those few sheep? Bro, you didn't even say, you know, who's watching your sheep. You had to add the fact that it was a few like, you wanted me to know, you know, if I was David, you wanted David to know that he has a small job with a small amount of responsibility because he got a small amount of sheep. Then, why you just disregarded the fact that y'all sitting over here scared and got this giant coming back and forth taunting you. I'm just coming with the Uber East and I'm just deciding, you know what, he can catch these hands. I'm not afraid like y'all. Then when he gets back to Saul, who was the, you know, he was the, he was over the army. Then he got to fight through Saul saying, there's no way. I mean, Saul couldn't have made it even clearer. Bro, you not about to win. Like, this man has been fighting. Yeah, this Goliath, this giant, sir, he has been fighting since he was yay high. Like, this high, okay? And you are only a young boy. It's like, wow. Can you at least respect the fact that out of standing here for 40 days and being afraid like y'all, that it only took me probably less than 40 minutes to go ahead and say, I'm done. He going to catch these hands. What's the reward? Oh, okay, cool. Then I, I got him. Excuse me real quick. You, you see what I'm saying? Like David learned his bravery while shepherding his few sheep, sir. So the lesson there is don't you ever let someone minimize the very thing that made you great. Because nine times out of ten, what they're doing is projecting on their fears and their concerns and their lack and inabilities to do a certain thing. They're trying to project it on you because who are you just to come out of here with, with sheep and, and no um, you know, military training and try to say you're going to defeat something. I'm too scared to do it. You should be too scared too, right? 
And that's probably why later on in the scripture, when Saul tried to say, okay, listen, go ahead and do it with this armor. David was like, I'm not going to be able to do it with your armor because clearly your armor is not working for you, sir. So don't try to go ahead and put that on me. You see what I'm saying? Like, and I even thought about a few things like circling that. I'm like, you really have to fight. It's not even the people closest to you. Sometimes it's just life. Like, you ever went to, when the last time you've been to a doctor's office? They, those forms are so invasive. They want to know about your past. They want to know about your maternal past. They want to know about your paternal past. You never filled out no paperwork for no GYN. They want to know um, how, many, how many voluntary uh, termination of pregnancies you had. Yes, they do ask that. Very invasive. How, how many partners, K. Gray, have you ever had this kind of STD? Hmm? It's like, excuse me. You dig in there and find and get your answers. Don't have me keep reliving something that I outlived. You know, I'm past that. But you want me to put on this paperwork, you know, well, I need to know everything about you. Well, you should be able to go in there and search and find. And if you can't find Waldo, then why should I tell you about Waldo? Hmm? You see, you see what I'm saying? Like, and even, like, I honestly believe that that's probably what stops people from dating um, with authenticity. Because everyone that you meet, you got to tell them what happened to you. And yes, you wait till a certain time frame to do that. You don't want to be second date talking about, and then my father is like, whoa, that may have been a little further down the line, ma'am, sir. Like, could we, you know, but people don't want to keep remembering and being reminded of this is your trauma of what you went through. Because some of that trauma has not been dealt with yet, right? Some of that trauma is just, yeah, you just so happen to meet me mid-healing. I do apologize, but some of this may come up. And so it forces some people in the dating realm to hide that. It looks like deceit, but what it really looks like is, I don't want you thinking I'm a bum sleeping on my cousin's couch, so I'm going to just say I got a roommate, <laughs> you know? Um, I don't want to tell you I'm in between jobs. So I'm probably going to pretend like I'm getting up in the morning and I too am going somewhere. You don't know that I'm job searching and I'm not going to tell you. Okay. Okay. Great. Um, I don't want to tell you that everybody that I kissed, I had a baby by, right? Like I treated um, reproductive systems like a Pokemon situation and I was trying to collect them all. I don't want to tell you that. I don't want to tell you that I was stupid that one time in that relationship because I don't want you to treat me the way that I, you know, the stupidity that I had before. I don't want you to treat me like that now because I'm wise now. But unfortunately, to get to know me and to have this unveiled situation, because this could possibly be a serious relationship at some point, I don't want to feel like later on down the line, you look at me like, but you didn't tell me. And what it really equates to is, but I didn't want to have to live that again. I really didn't. You, you ever seen, matter of fact, I want to go ahead and bring up a topic with that. I was actually held back from entering an accelerated management program because my GPA in my undergrad was too low. Now, mind you, I had graduate GPA to go ahead and give them as well. And I asked, literally, because I was probably about a point or three away from um, what their standard and requirement was. And so I'm like, oh, my, my graduate GPA shoots that out the water. 
And they were like, no, we, we want to use your um, undergrad. And so it just dawned on me, like, you would stop me from accelerating my current position because you are so focused on what I achieved two decades ago. Like, I got that early, early, like, literally after high school. My brain wasn't even fully developed. And so you want to judge me and use the barometer and measurement of my undergrad when a I needed a test to take to get this job b I have graduate GPA but you decided no the criteria is we look up your past and that just irritates me like situations like credit your credit and how you handled money in your past, people will hold you to it now. You can't get a job with certain jobs with a certain credit score, right? To get electricity, you have to have a certain credit score. But what everybody is forgetting, when you fill out these rental applications, I ain't say mortgage, I said rental. They, they're checking the, your, your rental and your, um, not the rental, your credit, thank you, your credit score too, right? But what everybody is forgetting is, sir, ma'am, every time you check, that, right, it lowers my credit score. So now, even if I do get this apartment or if I don't, guess what you just did? You added on to the very thing that the future people, my future opportunities and endeavors, that they're going to judge me on because you pulled from me. And it, it's like literally, if you don't have a sturdy head on no, I am, I'm going to outlive my past, whether y'all like it or not. I'm going to fight through it. I'm going to have the David stance. Now, I'm going to be honest. If I was in David's stance in the Bible and they kept bringing up my shortcomings, bro, he's a giant. He's nine feet. Look how tall you are. He's been in the military ever since he was yay high. You've only been in the, like, that's your extensive training. Like, and I love what David did in the Bible. He had to remind himself. He had to remind himself, like, no, 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 no. And let me just read it real quick, because I'm just like, wow. First Samuel again, 17, verse 34. But David persisted. Mm, that's a word right there. I have been taking care of my father's sheep and goats, he said. When a lion or bear comes to steal a lamb from the flock, 35, I go after it with a club and rescue the lamb from its mouth. If the animal turns on me, I catch it by the jaw and club it to death. 36. I have done this to both lions and bears, and I'll do it to this pagan Philistine too, for he has defied the armies of the living God. 37. The Lord who rescued me from the claws of the lion and the bear will rescue me from this Philistine. Saul finally consented. All right, go ahead, he said, and may the Lord be with you. And that's what you need. You got to remind people, yourself, everybody around you, like, listen, I know it don't look like how y'all think it should look, but no, I'm equipped for this situation. I know you want to go ahead and line me back to isn't that Joseph's son? Yeah, but what you also don't know is I'm the son of God too. Trust that. Y'all going to find out soon come. Give me a minute. I'm about to show you in a couple of more, you know, miracles and, and wonders in thereof. And you just got to muster that up. 
Y'all are not going to keep pinning me to my past and trying to make it to my shortcoming. You do not create the cross from my life. I bear my own cross. The Bible says pick up your own cross. So, no, it, you're not going to create it for me. And then I love the fact going one more. 38. Then Saul gave David his own armor, a bronze helmet and a coat of mail. 39. David put it on, strapped the sword over it took a step or two to see what it was like, for he had never worn such things. I can't go in these, he protested to Saul. I'm not used to them. So David took them off again. Forty, bring it home, David, let's go. He picked up five smooth stones from a stream and put them into his shepherd's bag. Then the army, only with his shepherd's staff and sling, he started across the valley to fight the Philistine. Listen, if that don't excite you, I love the fact that he knew himself enough to say, listen, sir, I can't. You're right. There's a couple of things I'm not and I'm not this. I can't wear the very armor that I'm not used to. No, I need to fight with what I know. And I know about um, these pebbles and I know about this slingshot. And I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to handle business with that. And that's how you need to attack life. That's how you need to attack life because people will always attempt to force you to remember your past, but you better fight to remember your future. You better feel that flame up underneath you like, oh, yeah, I know I come from a family with drug abuse and alcoholism and, you know, all these different things. But guess what? Y'all don't even know. I've been training in those little situations in my life. I've been training and my future will look nothing like my past. So I challenge you everywhere, every place in your life where somebody trying to create the cross for you. I want you to go ahead and take a David stance and be like, nope, <laughs> not happening. Y'all don't have the cross to pin me. Please don't let life pin you. Please. You got too much life to live to be pinned in that one situation, in that one part of your life, in that part of your past. You see where I'm going with that? So I challenge you to shake off the thumbtacks of others. I challenge you to do that so that you can live. Because if, you know, left to people, they would have buried you a long time ago. But I want you to live. Live like you've never lived before. You owe it to yourself. You owe it to your future. Yeah, your past looks like that. But you know what? Lick your finger, turn the page, and say, new chapter. <laughs> new chapter alert. You feel me? Ooh, that just got me hyped. I hope you, ooh, I hope this energy is, is translating through this phone. I want you to feel that. So I want you to get off this phone and just remind yourself. Because people don't, they're not shy. They will remind you. So you got to remind yourself. The Bible calls you God's masterpiece. Like, you better start talking with the ferociousness. It calls you more than a conqueror. Like, you you, ooh, you better go ahead and start pinning that back on you. Woo! Man, I'm hyped. I know. I'm, I'm going to try to calm down. Listen, let me, listen. As my good nanny says, all right, I ain't going to hold you. I'm about to put a hoodie on and run the Rocky theme song music. I'm hyped. I'm going to call you back when I'm done running, okay? <laughs> all right, later.